Hey everyone, welcome to By Design with Lynn and Danette. We're so glad you're here. I'm Lynn. And I'm Danette. And our hope is that this is a space where you'll find encouragement for your home and for your soul. We have real conversations about God, interior design, and all the things we love. Our hearts are to encourage women to run their race, to keep their eyes on God, and somehow we manage to offer up some design advice for your homes in between. We share from our real life experiences, and from time to time, we talk to some amazing guests. And hey, head over to our website, bydesignpodcast.com, where you'll find links to all our shows and the things we talk about. You can also follow us there on Instagram, Facebook, and now even Pinterest. You can also listen to our show right on our site, and there are links to subscribe via iTunes or your Android devices. So today, um, you guys get to listen to a sweet, sweet friend of ours, Joanna Ivy. Joanna is an amazing woman. She has an amazing story, and I cannot wait for you guys to hear this. We have been just so anticipating having her on, and her story is so cool that it actually is going to take two weeks for us to get through it. And this is just part of her story, and it's just such an awesome, awesome testimony. So enjoy. Hi, Joanna. Hi. This is so fun. Thank you so much for coming on By Design with Danette and I. Well, you're so welcome. Thanks for asking me to. It's so fun. We we met you like not quite a year ago, right? I know. No. And you know what's funny is I remember seeing you across the room and I, I recognized you from Instagram, but I couldn't place you. But yeah, I saw too. I saw your me earrings too. and I was like, dang. Yeah. I need to know her. Yeah. And then I was like, <laughs> I was talking to this girl, her name's Joanna Ivy, and I was telling them, she's like, Yeah, yeah. That, I was like, What? Because I never know. The awesome earrings. <laughs> I never know what's going on. I'm like, oh yeah, she's so sweet. I love it. It's so cool. I just love how God does that when he brings people across your path. And like you're just it was just such a great I just loved it. It was just great from the first moment. I totally agree with both of y'all. Oh, so Joanna, can you tell us a little bit about yourself for our lovely listeners? Sure. I am a simple Southern. I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) You're a complex Northern. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a Southern Northern mix of a lot of a different, um, other things. Um, anyway, um, well, I'm Joanna and I live in Tennessee. I've lived a lot of places, but this is where we live right now. Currently, um, I'm married to Tim Ivy. We have Madison. Our oldest daughter is 20 and she's in college. And then we have a little girl named Zuri and she's eight years old. And we just brought home our newest member, um, Sutton Ivy to the family, uh, June 25th. Oh, I love it. Yes. Yep. I love, love, love it. Okay. And so for this whole, like, you have such an awesome story about bringing home, um, Sutton. Yes. Um, it's beautiful. Can you share some of that with us? Yes. Yes. Um, okay. So I don't know how many years ago. I, I mean, even when I met Tim, uh, I've said this on some other podcasts is I always felt like I would probably adopt. Um, and then, you know, once we got married and, um, we talked about it a little bit, but we we're just busy doing life, raising kids. Um, we have like three businesses in this home. We've always been entrepreneurs wow. since we've been married. It's a lot of work. And so it doesn't leave time to like really make decisions for your lives. Mm-hmm. And so I just feel like it finally came to that place of like, am I going to have another child? Are we going to mm. get logical? No, we always talk about adopting. Let's talk about this. You know, I love that. It comes out of the blue and your husband's like, Oh, I guess we did always talk about it. You know, <laughs> Oh, and that's fantastic. Like, 
Yeah. And then I'm like, but are we going to make it real? Cause people right. talk about a lot of things right. and I'm just like, I hate that. Like I'm one of those people, if I'm going to talk about it, it's going to happen. And sometimes I have to be careful because it's all about like, mm-hmm. it needs to happen in the Lord's timing, right. you know? And so we started talking about it and I was like, that sounds really scary. We're so comfortable. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And he said the same thing. And then it was like, we just started praying and immediately, I mean, my heart just like, just changed and like, there was an urgency about it. There was like, do it now. This is ridiculous. You know, in your heart, this is what you feel called to do. And I think we always second guess things that we feel that God is drawing us to. Um, it's hard to know. It's hard, you know, to make that commitment and decision. And then financially, I mean, who wants to raise 20 to $30,000? Nobody, wow. nobody wants and to that's ask for, for a domestic. Money. Is that, did you know yeah. that you were going to do a domestic adoption or pretty early okay, on? So Okay. So we always said international. So this is in January. I should get the date, right? So it's been two years. So January, 2014. And we went to passion and we took a group of students and that's where like, I felt like the Lord just really solidified in my heart. Like this is now it's time, you know, you're not just like just talking. And I was like, okay. And Mm -hmm. so I went back to Tim and I was like, okay, it's our turn. We're supposed to do this. I'll just kind of basically do all the research and come to you and fill you in. And he's like, okay. And so he was just like, okay. Yeah. Really? Oh yeah. Oh Oh, my golly. That's so cool. And then, well, and then when I come back to him, no, this is the funny part. So like from (laughs) January to March, April, I did research called made appointments, had, um, interviews because some, you have to have an interview process before they even give you an application. And so I did all that, all the legwork groundwork and would come back to him and inform him and make him look at a packet that I got in the mail. And then we talked about money and then he's looking at me like, Oh God. (laughs) And so (laughs) April came and I was just like, I, you know, I've been doing my Ivy expressions business for about six years and April came and I was like, I think I need a break. I think I'm going to just shut down for the summer. And he was like, why? And I was like, I'm just tired. If we're going to adopt, like we need to think about fundraising, you know, and I'm going to have to be in charge of that. Like you have no time. So then we were talking, we're kind of laugh. we laugh about this because he was like, why don't you keep sewing? And we use all that money. We're very deliberate that all that money goes back into the adoption fund. Uh-huh. And I was like, that's such a great idea. I do love sewing. I forgot. <laughs> um, so it was really funny. Like I was like, God, you're so, you're just so fun. How you like remind us and like, and I was tired, but like, you know, with owning your own business, you can do what you can, you know, you don't have to push yourself. You don't have to like, I don't want to be a big known business. I don't want to be like making all this money. I just needed it to provide for my family when I needed that. And then God used it for other things. And, you know, I just love how he's like worked it for the good, but it wasn't like intentional. And I didn't want to have this huge thriving business to like stress me out in life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think he reminded me that like I could keep sewing because I enjoy it and I could just keep generating some funds that would help our adoption. I don't think it was going to totally pay for our adoption, but it's going to help a very good chunk of our adoption, I think, you know, and that's what we were kind of believing. So from there, we just took off, you know, we, we designed a t-shirt. So we sold t-shirts and then I, I literally moved my business into, Hey, we are adopting and I am making all of this income straight to our adoption. And that's exactly what we did. And it was awesome. And the Lord provided and things got busy and I had to hire an intern and, um, it was kind of crazy. So I guess that's like the beginning part of like our adoption story. And, um, so in the process, you know, we waited two years. It was a long two years. I don't think, um, I don't think you realize like, 
don't know, like a year into it, it was kind of like, God, a year's long. They told us it would be a couple years probably. You know what I mean? And that's when, at the beginning, we did decide that we were going to do domestic. It was kind of like um, a very quick, oh my gosh, we're not doing international. And I'm not sure because I can't really remember how that happened. I really remember my husband coming outside, I was sitting on the porch and he said, why don't we do domestic, honey? I mean, look at all these facts and look at all this. And I was like, I never even thought about that. I don't know if I want to do that. Okay, let's do it. It was weird. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. And I think the Lord just kind of works that way. Like, um, I didn't have my heart set on a country. So you know what Mm, I'm saying? Like, I don't know. And then we started talking to Bethany, which who is, that's the um, agency that we ended up picking and choosing to go with. And from our first meeting, we were just like, we're so glad we chose domestic and we're so glad we chose Bethany. And for two reasons is they, um, in our first meeting, they really talked a lot about their plan to kind of intercept young women that are planning abortion. Wow. And they gave us a lot of statistics about that, that you don't hear, you don't Mm. think about. And, um, unless you're really involved in some form of organization that you understand the numbers of women that go to an abortion clinic on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that. And I wasn't aware. I wasn't aware at all. So how do they intercept those women? So they, um, started actually going to some of these, um, clinics and they actually put brochures. And so they have, um, some people that they have relationship with. And a lot of the nurses, it's really cool because a lot of the nurses that work at these clinics are really open to just educating the women. So some of these clinics actually were passing out their brochure. Like these are your options. Yeah. At an abortion clinic. That's pretty great. Yeah. And, and I think it could be by law that most clinics have to have like brochures of all different. Yeah. For all different options. And so, and that might not be in every state, you know, I'm not sure. And so anyway, I think that was really cool. Like hearing that part of like our first meeting, it was a, it was a whole room full of people that were interested in adopting. It's kind of like an informational meeting. And so, um, From then on, we, like, after that meeting, we walked up to her and said, we're ready to make an appointment. We want an application. Like, we, we, we knew that. We looked at each other and we're just like, domestic, yes. Bethany, yes. Sign up today, yes. Pay $500 down, yes. (laughs) Like, um, and we did. It's exactly what happened. So we had our first meeting, like, in two weeks. Um, and we started all the crazy paperwork. So anyway, that's the beginning of the process. And then, like I said, you know, they told us it could be a couple of years. I, I think they place maybe 15 um, babies a year. It's not a huge um, number. It's not like, um, you know, it's, I mean, they're growing and they've been around for a long time, but it's, it's not like people want to go out and just be like, I don't know, like the waiting process, you have to be really careful because you want it to be God, you know, and you want it to be like that relationship that he has for you. And I think that was the hardest part for us is like, you know, you're wondering and you're waiting and you're like, who's it going to be? And when it doesn't happen, you feel discouraged and you feel like you question, you know, did God really want us to do that? Like a couple of times I remember, you know, Tim and I saying, Hey, let's, let's just go have a baby. (laughs) Like, forget this. Like it's waiting. And I kind of wanted a baby. I think I was going through baby phase way more than he was, but it's just kind of like, you're thinking all this money. And like every month we were like 
trying not to stress out about the $1,200 that was due. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> and I think we met you when you were in that waiting stage. Right. Really, you know, that was, oh, you were yeah. sharing that with us. And that's the hard oh, yeah. thing, like for any of us, when we're in these, like these periods of when the Lord is having us wait, we question, you know, should we be doing this? Why am I here? It's so hard for us to just sit still and let God do his thing. Yeah, it is. It really is. And, and, you know, the whole time I'm telling myself, you know, be patient. And there was a few people I would trust and talk to about it. And just, Mm -hmm. you know, people would ask me, I'm just like, just waiting. I had bad days. I had good days. Just like any situation that you go through, um, in those circumstances, you just, you have to push through. You have to find what you're believing in. You have to know that God is going to work it out and Mm -hmm. that whatever happens, happens. And it's always, no matter what you're doing, that's always hard in our walk with the Lord. And, um, I love being challenged. I think it was a good two years of really challenging my faith. And like in the hard times, you know, you grow, you grow, you lean on him more. And so that's kind of like what we did. Um, so then all of a sudden out of the blue one day, we haven't had, we haven't met one person. Okay. Not one birth mother. So has it's been like two us. years. It's been two years and three, four weeks. Okay. So, um, and we got an email and, um, our caseworker said, Hey, I had a young lady in here and we gave her the books and she chose you guys. She's really interested in meeting you. She really likes you, but this is the problem. We don't know what she's having. And I was like, Oh, she must not be far enough along to find out. So this whole time, the only thing that we thought we wanted was a girl. And you, as a domestic adoption, you can request everything. You can request um, ethnicity. You can request female, male. You can stay open to anything, or you can be very specific and say, I only want um, a female African-American baby. Like, they have a drawer for every situation. And so ours was just, we want a girl. It didn't matter the race, anything else. And so she had asked us a couple times, like, do you guys not want a boy? We're just like, we kind of just know girls. And we always laughed about it. And and we just kind of, I mean, I remember, I remember praying about it in the the second year and saying, should we change our mind? And Tim and I looked at each other, we're like, no, because we're not going to be desperate. Like God's going to do this in his time. And if we felt like we're supposed to have a girl and we have all the girl things to help us save money, then we're going to wait, you know, and that's how we felt. So all of a sudden she's saying this. So I call her and she's like, no, 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 She's far enough along. She's actually due in about 10 days. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And I was like, she doesn't know what she's having. Tell me more, you know? So she started telling me about her situation and just not having any prenatal care. And so Mm. they just don't know. And so she had made a doctor's appointment and they were really trying to talk to the doctor, um, and ask that day that she was going in on this appointment, if they could do an uh, ultrasound. And she said there was no promises, but they were going to try. And that was like in a couple of days. So she said, we'll just wait and see what happens. So in a couple of days, they call us back. Well, they didn't even try. They said, she's too far along. We're not even going to waste our time giving, you know, an ultrasound. And, you know, Bethany was kind of like, well, it would kind of help us because we're in this yeah. little situation where the Ivies wanted a girl. But this girl wants the Ivies to take her baby. Like she is determined that this is her family. And so I started talking to our caseworker about that. And I was like, why does she like us so much? You know, like, what is it? Like, it's been two years. We haven't gotten chosen. Has she seen my earrings? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, she did, and she wanted a bear. And that's oh, probably what. Sorry. That was part of it. So she that's started awesome. kind of sharing a few things of like just um, just what our book portrayed, the things that you know are just about us and oh, our I love that. Yeah, and just that we had kids, and she, you know, what's so funny is like a lot of times the whole two years, two things have happened. A lot of women don't want a family that already has kids because they want to provide this child to people that are infertile. And, um, and that is an awesome thing. Like I would never, you know, I mean, I'm just like rejoicing with them. Of course I would probably do the same, you know what I'm saying? And so, so the few people that come along that say, I would rather choose a family that has some siblings because I want to make sure that he has siblings or whatever. And not that the other people wouldn't, because, you know, a lot of people adopt twice or end Mm -hmm. up getting pregnant, you know, so I'm not sure why. I don't know. It's just weird how a lot of girls do not choose families that already have children. Anyway, so we have been in that boat because we already have kids and that's fine. And so she came in and said the complete opposite, which was really nice um, that she was like all about anybody that has kids. She wanted to look at those profiles. She didn't even want to consider someone that didn't have children. And I thought that's so crazy. Um, And so anyway, um, they came back to us and they said, okay, well, the doctor's probably not going to get them, you know, going to find out what she's having. So what do y'all want to do? And, you know, it was so funny. Like immediately, I think I started crying on the phone and I was like, if she's choosing us, how could I not choose her? Right. And then, and then Amy said, but you said you didn't want a boy for two years. And I'm like, you're right. I don't know what to do with the boy. I can't have a boy. Do you think she's having a boy? I mean, why can't we just think she's having a girl? And maybe this is just, <laughs> you know, like, and Amy's like, Joanna, you know, and I'm like freaking out. Like I'm crying. I mean, it's a hot mess. And I'm like, but what would y'all do if, you know, what, what's the, you know, what happens? She said, well, what happens in this scenario when the family wants a specific gender is we have the birth mother choose two families. So mm. you're the first choice. And then we have a second choice on backup call. We actually usually don't let the second family know anything's happening. So I'm like, they just literally get a phone call from the hospital. And she said, yes. And I'm like, oh my God, like, that's just kind of crazy to me, but that's kind of how it works. And then immediately I'm like, no, 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 no. We are not picking another family. Like if this girl wants us, I want her. Right. And then she would say, but what if she's having a boy? I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. (laughs) That was hilarious, y'all. So I go get Tim and I'm like, Amy, I got to call you back. We got a dialogue about this. So Tim and I are sitting on the back porch and we're just like, he's like, Joanna, you said you didn't want a boy. And I was like, I thought you said you don't want a boy. And he was just like, I mean, I'm whatever. And I'm like, oh my God, for two years, honey, I have asked you and asked you, are you sure you don't want a boy? He's just like, I'm just whatever. And I'm like, but babe, <laughs> such like, a husband answer. I'm just whatever. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, it is, it is so true. And I was like, I'm crying. He's like, what is all this emotion? And I said, babe, I'm freaking out at all of this. We have waited two years. We have this young woman picking us, like choosing us, saying she wants nobody else, that she said she didn't even want to pick a second family. And I'm freaking out because I don't want to be that woman. Like, I don't know if I could handle having a boy. Like, I feel like that's just so childish. I feel like it's so immature. And he was like, okay, then what's the problem? (laughs) So easy for him. I said, we have all this girl stuff in there, like two years and three and four years of girl stuff. And like the whole room picked out one girl. And he's like, so, and I'm like, I just can't, we don't even have a name for a boy. And he's, (laughs) and he's just like, so. 
And then I'm kind of crying and he's like, honey, what do you want to do? I was like, I don't know. Let's just pray. And so I was like, let's just take some time to pray. We're praying. And I'm, and I'm feeling all this conviction. Like I am feeling so much conviction. I don't know if I've felt that much conviction in a long time. It was so Mm -hmm. heavy on my heart that I knew that I knew that I knew I needed to get past whatever the boy issue was. And it was, I guess, kind of fear. Like my husband started asking me all these questions and I'm like, I don't know what to do with that. I don't know what to do with that Mm -hmm. gender. I've never thought about it and thinking about it terrifies me. And I don't know why. And he's like, Joanie, you're not afraid of much. Like, this is really weird. I'm like, you're right. I don't know what all this emotion is. I've never even contemplated having a boy. I didn't even want to have a boy, no way, no how, you know, but I didn't really know why other than just kind of fear of not knowing what to do with a boy. I don't know. And so we got passed through all of that and we started like writing some stuff. Like he was writing as I was talking and we started thinking about like what God is asking us to do. And so in that moment I'm talking and he's writing and I was like, what did you just write? And he's just like, I'm I'm just feeling like this is a surrender situation. I'm just feeling this sense of surrender. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm feeling it too. Oh my gosh. And, you know, and he said, you know, we could really choose to stick with what we've decided. And is it a selfish desire? Maybe. Have we really thought about it being a selfish desire? No, mm-hmm. but maybe now that we're forced with it, like, why wouldn't we just walk into this situation with this, you know, birth mother and just trust the Lord? I'm like, I don't know. It seems really scary. He's like, absolutely. You know? And so right. we're like, okay, so we're, we're being asked to surrender what we want. If the true gospel is to paint a picture that we will love and that we would say there's no boundaries and that we would take anybody into our family, then obviously we cannot say no because of a gender issue. <laughs> You know, right. yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there, like, just crying, like, we have to say yes. I mean, that's just like the gospel. Like, that's the whole point of adopting. Like, that was our whole point. We didn't want to be like we're entitled to get whatever we want. That's right. why we didn't choose a specific race. That's why we didn't choose, you know. And then when it just happened to be the girl, we're like, why did we choose a girl? Then I feel stupid. I feel like why did this whole time nobody <laughs> oh. really questioned us, you know? And I and he's like, because God just knew and He had a plan and He had to get us to this point. And maybe He was saving us for this girl this whole time, right? You know. And then like I'm like got the chills. I'm like bawling. I can't talk, you know. And I was just like, okay. You know, Jesus calls us to sacrifice the comfortable places. You know, he calls us to just lay down and surrender all of our control. And like, it's hard to really do that, you know, and we do it bits and pieces because we can control our comfort. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And oh. so really, so, good, relinqu- so really relinquishing all of your comfort, like it, it's, I mean, you're getting a child. It's someone that you have to take care of. It's not like, oh, I have to give up these pair of shoes because God's asking me to. I mean, this is like a person, a human being that I have to take care of, that I have to shepherd, that I have to love, that I have to like serve and do all this for. And I ha- I want to love it. And I'm so scared. Can I love a baby boy? You know? And so, you know, we're just like crying, you know, we work it all out. Okay. We wrote it down. God's asking us to surrender what we thought we wanted. We're saying that we're open to this and we're going to walk this out. So we had to call our adoption agency back. And of course, on the phone, I can hear Amy's voice of like, I can't believe you're saying this. And she's kind of confused. I said, I think you're probably pretty nervous. I was worried about this. I told Tim Ivy, Hey, they're going to, they're going to judge us. They are going to judge us. 
these people have waited two years for this girl. And all of a sudden they're just going to throw their hands up. And then, so Amy, of course, I mean, she's so precious. She was just like, I'm not judging you. I'm a little confused and a little concerned that, but I trust you guys. I know you guys, I trust your faith. I trust, you know, that you have prayed about this. And I just started telling her kind of things that we wrote down about surrendering our choice and about, this is really about the Lord. This is really a picture, you know, um, of his kingdom. And this is, it wasn't anything about us and we don't want to make it anything about us. And we really want to walk into this place of just a place of surrendering our comfort, surrendering what we thought we wanted and surrendering our want and our desire to have a girl. And so she understood that she was really happy. She was encouraging. And she said, well, we're going to walk this out. We're just going to see where this takes us. So a couple days later, you know, goes by and she was supposed to call me about making an appointment to actually meet the birth mother. And she never called me. And so for days I was like, should I call? Should I call? I didn't want to bother her. I always feel like those women are so busy in that office and they're trying to take care of all of these people. I just didn't want to be a bother. So I didn't really call. And then two more days went by and I called and I said, Hey, Amy, I'm just checking in. I wanted to see if we have an appointment to meet the birth mom. And she said, Oh, Joanna, I'm so sorry. I have some bad news. And I was like, after all the surrender story. Um, I was like, what's happening? And she said, justice hasn't came back in. She has not, um, showed up for her appointment. We've tried to reach her. We have not got any messages. Um, I just feel like she's probably going to walk away from the situation. Um, And I'm like, after all of that, I'm like crying y'all. Like I'm devastated. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I'm like, I worked so hard to like put my fear down and to accept if it was a baby boy and to walk through this situation with this, you know, birth mother. And then she's telling me all this. She's like, Joanna, and I'm just crying. And Amy's like, she's so sweet. And she's like, I'm so, so sorry. I just, I kind of had reservations, you know, but then, you know, we were just really trusting that this was from the Lord and you know, that this was your situation for you. And, you know, we just have to keep trusting. And I'm like, what is God doing? You know? So I get off the phone and I call my husband. I'm in tears. I tell him everything. And we only told a few people. So we told those few people and we're like, we need your prayers. Like yeah. our hearts are so hurting. Like I had committed to this situation. Like I, it was kind of like, I'd already married the girl, you know, that, yeah, like, yeah. that kind of commitment. You know what I mean? It was like a big breakup and I hadn't even met her. <laughs> yes. Oh, you'd be so heartbroken and Oh yeah. Oh. I was like, I'm so glad I didn't meet her. I, I, I do know someone uh, very close to me that that has happened and they had a fail on adoption with someone that they had a relationship with for mm. six months. And I can't imagine, I cannot imagine. So, um, my husband was just like, you know, we took the night and, you know, we cried and we did all our things that we need to do and talked it out and stuff. And I was supposed to go out of town and actually cancel that trip. So I told him, I said, Hey, can I still go see my family? I need to get out of here. And he's like, pack your bags, go. So I literally left at like four o'clock the next morning. And the whole drive, I'm thinking, okay, God, what was all of that for? Like seven days, I am panic mode, freaking out, you know, just feeling convicted and then coming full circle and, and feeling like I need to forgive myself for just being so fearful. I need to forgive myself for just wanting a girl so bad, but not knowing why I didn't want a boy, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and so I kind of work all of that out. And then I kind of laughed and I called my husband. I was like, you know what? Maybe all of this situation was to prepare us. We need to tell Amy that we need to be in the boy file, you know? And he's like oh, laughing. Yeah. He's like, yeah, maybe we should. So I call her and I said, Hey, you know, 
So all of this, you know, has gotten us just thinking, maybe this is God's way of saying you right. all need to be in the whatever file. Right. No gender matters. And I didn't know why it had to take two years in this situation to get me here. But here I am saying this. And she's like, I, you know, that's funny. I kind of thought the same thing. She goes, why don't you all take the weekend and pray about it and then let me know on Monday. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do that. I think that's a great idea. I'm going to give this some more thought and prayer and, you know, just and just call you back. And so she's like, okay, I'll talk to you Monday. And I was like, okay. So I told Tim, I want to take the weekend. Like, let's really, really pray about this, like moving our file to the whatever file, you know? And so Monday, um, I'm at, I'm with my family in Ohio and I'm sitting at a little t-ball game and Amy calls me, which is, you know, my caseworker. And she says, Hey, can you talk? And I was like, yeah, I was just thinking about calling you. I mean, I guess I kind of made a decision. We're going to be in the whatever. She's like, no, no, no. Let me talk to you. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And so I kind of step away and she goes, okay. So the birth mother came back into the office and she still wants to go through with this. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like that was four days ago. And you said no, (laughs) you know? And she was like, well, her phone got stolen. That was one thing. She had no way of contacting us and the car that she was relying on broke down. So, and she kind of like explained to me, like just the circumstances that most of these women are in, it's, it kind of happens, but they really felt like she was going to walk away, you know, so they didn't know that she was going to come back. And she was just apologizing. And she was like, Joanna, I just don't want to think. And like, we're trying to trust. We don't know her that well. And so we're going to have to really, um, step out and just kind of like be really careful. And we want you to know that we want to protect you and Tim and we want to be really careful the rest of this week. And I was like, okay, what does that look like? You know what I mean? So she said, don't rush back home. We're going to have her in here every day. We're going to have some, you know, conversation and, you know, she's supposed to be filling out paperwork and some counseling and all that good stuff. And we'll just keep you posted. So by Wednesday she called and she was like, I think it's going to happen. She wants to meet, meet you guys. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm in Ohio. And she's like, well, you probably should come back because she's going to have the baby any day. And I was like, we're going to meet her and she's going to have the baby. What if she has the baby before we even meet her? Would she tell uh, tell us no? Like I am like, you know, all this is going through my brain. So it's like Wednesday night, I pack my bags. I leave to come home Thursday. We meet the birth mother on Friday. And let me just say, I could do a whole nother interview on meeting the birth mother for the first time. Oh my gosh. So much, so much there. So much. Oh yeah. You can come back. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, um, you know, we're preparing ourselves. I didn't sleep much Thursday night. We get up, we go down to our agency. They have a special room where they set up these meetings. And so we walk in and we're meeting her for the first time. I'm like wanting to cry. I'm falling in love. It's just the most beautiful thing. I'd never felt that I could ever feel these feelings immediately or right away. I didn't know what God was doing. Um, I'm going to cry thinking about it. I've got goosebumps. I I have goosebumps over here, Joanna. And so, um, so we sit down and we're like, wow, my gosh, you know, and so we were just being like, we were told to be and, you know, just interacting and asking questions and everything was going so lovely. And we stayed longer than even the time allowed. And they said that was really good. And so, um, basically this was a Friday and she said, well, I'm supposed to go to the doctor on Monday. And I did ask them to, um, induce me, but the doctor said no. So I'm really upset about that. But, um, Monday they'll kind of tell me if I'm dilated 
or anything. And I was like, all right. And she said, you know, I really want y'all to be at the hospital. Do you want to be there? And Tim and I looked at each other and we're like, absolutely. Like, oh my gosh, you know, we can't believe this is happening. Um, It was such a beautiful story. And the two hours that we spent of talking is what I would love to dialogue about another Mm -hmm. time. But it, it was just amazing how God set this up in motion, handpicked handpicked this woman wow. for us. And, um, the of connection that, did. that's just yeah. so good. Yeah. The connection that we had and everything. So like, basically when we leave, I cry for the next hour. I could not speak. And Tim was like, so worried about me. He kept on asking, are you okay? And I'm not sure what those emotions were. I don't, I mean, it, it, it was so overwhelming to me, my connection with her as a woman hmm. and feeling like I could just take her home. Like I needed to take her home, you know, like what is God doing in this? And, um, and so, so that happened Friday, we go out to eat and we're like dialoguing and we're still shell shock. Like there's a lot of paperwork that has not been done. They have not been able to get that the birth father into the office to sign the appropriate papers. And that was a huge concern because that can cause a lot of problems. And so our agency is basically telling us we will not be able to take that child home. And we really need to be a be in prayer about the decision to be at the hospital because if all of these papers are not in the place that they need to be, there's not a lot of protection for us. Does that make sense? Right. Um, because that means anything could fall through. Right. And so, uh, we're like really asking everybody Friday night. I spent most of the night on the phone calling, asking for prayer, please pray, please pray. This is what needs to happen before she has this baby. This is where we need to be to protect us, to protect us, protect us. And so everybody's like, this is okay. God's going to do this. We got the weekend, you know, we didn't have a room ready. We needed you know, to have some boy things, some girl things. So my caseworker calls me and said, this is what you need to do over the weekend. I was like, okay, well, we have a wedding tomorrow. It's a big wedding. And so I'm going to be busy all day. She goes, take Sunday and just really focus. And I was like, okay. Hmm. And so, so she's like, well, I'm calling this weekend, but she's probably not going to have the baby till next week. Her due date was that next Thursday. So this is Friday and it's at 10 o'clock at night right now. And so I'm like, okay, I can do this. And I just felt this, you know, sense of peace and just praying through the situation and just like, God, you know what? Our, our faith is bigger than our fear. Our faith is bigger than our fear. We're surrendering to walk this out. This girl, there's something about this girl that we're supposed to be in relationship. If this doesn't work out, then there's going to be something different. I just knew she was going to be in my life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, um, I mean, we were just worried about making the decision and all weekend we talked about, you know, I mean, no, not all weekend that night we talked about, um, you know, what's going to happen at the hospital. So I said, honey, let's just take the weekend and really pray about that. You know, we just, we got to pray for protection. Like that's the bottom line, you know, that God knows what's happening. We got to protect our hearts. So I'm on my last phone call with my mother and I'm telling her everything. And I said, Hey, I need to call Corey. I need someone on call this weekend, just in case something happens, you know, somebody can come get Zuri and Leo, the dog and take care of them if we get called to the hospital. And so she was like, okay. So I call my friend she's like, well, you don't think it's going to happen this weekend. I was like, no, they said it won't happen. I just want you to be on call. Can you keep your phone next to you about your pillow? And she said, Oh, absolutely. I'm on it. And I was like, thanks. So we talked about everything, you know, and she was just like, do I know we just have to trust the Lord? I'm like, you're right. I got to go get some sleep. Like I got to shut down and just know that God is going to do this. So literally I go to bed 
and all of a sudden I'm laying down and I'm like kind of praying, you know, and I'm just like, okay, God, this is what needs to happen. Like, I need you to do this for us, you know, and I'm not, I'm, I mean, I'm basically telling him, I'm not really asking. And immediately God was just kind of like, Joanna, just trust me, just trust me. I was like, God, please just let this work out. Please protect our hearts. I already felt so invested once I met her, you know what I'm saying? And so all of a sudden Tim's phone is like going crazy flashing. And I'm like, his phone never flashes in the middle of the night. Number one, number two, he always shuts it off. And I'm like, what's going on? But my phone isn't doing anything. So I'm kind of like out of it. Cause Tim and I both took these, like, um, they're like St. John pills. They're like sleeping pills but for like a healthy thing. So my eyes oh, are rolling awesome. back in my head. And I was like, dude, we've had such a long day. We both said, let's just take these and have a really good night's sleep. And it knocks me out. It's like the best pill on the market. I can give you all can you the mail company them to and me? the name because Seriously. it's like amazing. And I'm not a druggy it's an all-natural product no we understand oh. we all are busy you sometimes you need a you need some help but send them asap <laughs> like like seriously i'm going to take a picture and post them for y'all um, please so anyway we had both taking these and so i'm like dude it kind of messes me up a little bit you know so i'm not thinking right so all of a sudden I kind of turned over my phone and I had missed six calls. There was like 10 text messages and I can kind of see the last text because, you know, my eyes were closed and I, you know, I'm just adjusting to my phone and it said, baby is here. Get to the hospital ASAP. Wow. And I thought, I'm dreaming. Oh, I'm right. Dreaming. It's the I'm pills. <laughs> like, what did we take? Pills. I mean, they <laughs> seriously can do that to you. And so all of a sudden, I like, I know I smacked him really hard because he, he yelled at me. But you know, like how your arms and legs are heavier when you're on like a pill that kind of knocks you out. I like smacked the crap out of him. I'm like, honey, the baby's here. I'm like, what baby? Oh my God, we don't even know what we're having. She didn't say it was a boy or a girl. And I'm like panicking. Like I'm running around like in my underwear going, what do I do? I remember standing there telling Tim, I was like, whatever. He's like, yeah, you need to get dressed. And I'm like, oh yeah, okay, okay. I'm going to go get some pants on. I guess I need a bra. Like I'm trying to like, (laughs) I'm like freaking out y'all. Like I'm trying to grab baby stuff and I'm not even dressed. And then I was like, I need to call someone. We have a kid sleeping and then Leo, the dog sleeping. And so I call my friend Corey and she's like, what's going on? I said, I need you to get to my house now. The baby's here. And she was here in like five minutes. Like she was knocking on my door before I even got dressed. And I was like, oh my gosh, you were really... Yeah. And I'm just like crying and she's like, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And she's like carrying Zuri to the car and she's like, call me, call me, keep me posted. And yeah. she's just like freaking out in her pajamas at one o'clock in the morning. Oh, I love it. And so, uh, Tim and I get in the car, I text my mom. No, I called my mom and I said, mom, the baby's here. And I like hung up. And so she started texting. <laughs> and so then we called his parents and they were like, okay, just keep us posted. And so we're just like riding in the car. Tim's like, I don't know. He's going way too fast. We're still on a sleeping pill medicine. <laughs> my eyes were still rolling back in my head. And Amy, our caseworker is texting us. And she's just like, well, you don't want me to tell you over text, right? And I was like, no, right. And she's like, well, do you want me to tell you or do you want them to tell you? And I said, them. She's like, oh, her mom here with her. I said, are we going to meet her? And she said, well, yeah, it kind of looks like it. And I'm like, we're going to meet. And I'm like telling Tim, and he's like, the father hasn't even signed the papers. Oh, and I'm like, what no. do we do? And we just look at each other. Like, we're just like freaking out. Like, we're going down to meet our child. 
What if she changes her mind? Father's going to show up and like take the kids. Like, I'm just thinking like all these worst case scenarios, you know? And we're like, okay, so we get down there and we're like walking in and, you know, there's our caseworker and we're just like, and she's just got this face. Like I'm freaking out with you guys, but let's, it's all going to be okay. Let's just pray. And I'm like, I'm there with you. And so she was like, well, you, you want them to tell you. Right. And I was like, and Tim's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do not tell us. And I was like, no, I want you to tell us. And I was like, just <laughs> tell us now. kind of being quiet. And I was like, I gotta really go to the bathroom. I gotta go to the bathroom. So I like slip away to the bathroom. I don't know what happened during while I was gone. But I came back out and Tim's like, are you ready? And I'm like, I don't know, but let's do this. And so Amy comes and she's like, okay, let's go. And I'm like, oh my God, we're walking in. We just met this girl five hours ago. Okay. Five hours ago, we met this woman. Oh my goodness. We walk in and they're cleaning her up from having this okay. baby. Right. And they opened the curtain and the mother who's sitting on the side of the bed said, did you see your baby boy? And throws <gasps> off her arms and comes and hugs me. Oh. I've never met her. I was oh my like, goodness. I have good y'all, likes to I, I fell into Tim's arms and <sighs> bawled so hard that he had to like tap me, like get it together. They're looking at us <laughs> and I'm just oh. like speechless. And I'm like, are you okay? How are you feeling? And, and you know, they were just like, oh, we're good. Go out and see the baby. They just took him. And so I like <sighs> ran out the door to the nursery and there is a little baby boy. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh, have mercy. So. I love this story and I can't wait for you to hear the rest of it. It's still just so, so good. There's still so much amazing, amazing stuff for you guys to hear. So make sure you tune back next week. Have a great day. 